you're listening to The Dirty Boots Show. Today, we have Nikki Upright with us. Nikki is a longtime member of the construction industry. We're super excited to have her. She's also on the board of Women of Asphalt, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Nikki, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody and kind of tell them how you got started in the industry? So I'm Nikki Upright, um, and I am the president of Women of Asphalt in here in Colorado, the Colorado branch. Um, I have just newly started with Roxall Consulting Group, and I recently retired from CDOT after 33 years. I got started in the industry when I was going through college. Uh, my dad worked for CDOT for 32 years, and so he said, you need a summer job, and um, got into, he found me a summer job, and I did four summers as a temporary with CDOT and then a summer with the city of Loveland before becoming permanent at um, CDOT. For anyone who doesn't know, tell them what CDOT stands for. Um, CDOT is Colorado Department of Transportation. So it is the public agency mm -hmm. that runs the transportation system. And so I started out as a temporary, like I said, um, doing field work, you know, carrying the stake bag, learning how to survey taking tickets behind the asphalt paver. And when I got hired permanent, I started out in design and then uh, took a transfer up to the northern part of the state, the Greeley area, and became a tester. And then inspection. And then the last 16 years have been in project management. So you got started almost 40 years ago. Yes. How many women were in the industry when you started? Um, very few. In fact, it was me and the admin in the office out of a group of 20-some people. So, yeah, there was no women in the yeah. industry. How have you seen that change over the last 40 years? You know, there's a lot more women in the industry than there used to be. When I first started, like I said, there was no women in the, in the mm -hmm. office. Um, the guys had to clean their vans out of the Playboy Bunny magazines. <laughs> um, you know, it, it really, uh, they dump you off at the paver in the morning and say, see you in the afternoon. Potty breaks were not, you know. There was no <laughs> bathrooms for girls. <laughs> no, there wasn't. And so the industry's really changed now where, um, and, and I think it's the industry in general where they really do take more care of their people, but mm -hmm. you see a lot more women out there. The women I did see when I was younger was flaggers in TCSs, where now uh, the flaggers in TCS might be more men, where you're seeing more women in design especially, but now out in um, construction as well. I One of the last jobs I had was see that I had the first female superintendent I had ever had. So you're starting to see more and more women out there. And that was in the last few years. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So it's taken a while to it, start seeing that presence. Exactly. And, you know, the younger generation of men and women, you don't see as much, do I want to say discrimination or separation there? Lack of inclusivity. Yes. Younger guys really look at females as their counterpart, mm -hmm. where older men... They're brought more, up in a different generation. Yes. Yeah. And so women were more of a challenge, where today they're not. What was the hardest part historically about working in an all-male industry, aside from the, obviously, the <laughs> old-time magazines, that's not a problem anymore. <laughs> right. Um, what would you say was the hardest thing 
let's say when you first started your career um, and then when you ended your career? Because it's still what predominantly male dominated. It is um, gaining that respect from men. Um, men, for some reason, and, and it's the older generations, you have to earn the respect. Um, where once I earned that respect, it took me like five years to earn that respect. Mm -hmm. And then once I earned it, then they were like, they'd do anything to help you out. So the end of my career was easier, especially with contractors that I'd worked with before and stuff. There would always be a contractor that will always question my authority. You know, do you really know what you're talking about? Yeah, I do. But they'd always have to test the waters. Mm -hmm. And now they know who I am and, you know, they, they don't question me as much. But I still have to put in 110% where men may be 70, 80%. Mm -hmm. How did you go about earning the respect of the, the older male generation? I think in, in construction's not alone, it's just, I would say, largely dominated by male, but everywhere I think females have yeah. to work harder to get more respect in the workplace. How did you do that in construction? I knew the specs, I knew the job. And um, to act confident, and I might be scared to death on the inside, <laughs> but don't ever let them think that <laughs> you, they cannot see you shaking in your boots. <laughs> no, no, you've got to be confident yeah. and you know, fake it till you make it yes. type thing. Um, but to show that you're confident, you know what you're doing, and don't necessarily question their authority, but ask questions, and always be there, willing to put in the hours and the work that it takes. Um, and like I said, once they earn, you earn that respect, they're going to help you out. They'll make your life a little easier. How do you think the industry is changing and how is it getting more women into the workplace? I think um, women are now seeing opportunities that they didn't get to see. You know, when I was growing up, I don't know that construction was even thought of as a, a career. Mm -hmm. Um, where now I think the younger generation, they see things that you can do. Yep. You know, you can do construction, you can do nursing, you can do teaching. Whatever you want to do, whatever your passion is. It's a you, career. It's a career. Yeah. We had a podcast guest a few weeks ago, and that was his biggest piece of advice was you can make an honest living, support a family, do something you're passionate about in the construction industry. It's not, you started out as a temp. It's not a temp job anymore. You can really yeah. build a really good life on it. Yeah, and it pays well without an engineering degree. Yeah. I don't have an engineering degree. I have a degree in anthropology. <laughs> it has nothing to do with what I do. But in the industry that I'm in, I have made it work for me. Have you ever used your anthropology degree in anything related to construction? Um, no. I always say that anthropology is the study of men, or of man. Of man, yeah. And, um, but I get to study men every day. So. <laughs> um, no, I always want that job where I'll be able to find dinosaur bones or something. Yeah. I mean, contractors, it's, you know, they like, no, we don't want to find any of that because it'll make it really complicated. But the I'm like, project oh. would come to a halt if you found a dead body in there. Oh, yeah, but it would be so much fun. <laughs> so, um, yeah, maybe someday I'll get to use my degree. But Today we're <laughs> excavating human remains. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can I do a facial reconstruction? <laughs> yeah. Changing gears then a little bit from talking about women in the industry, 
you've clearly, you've done a lot of projects. What's your favorite project you've ever done? You know, probably one of my favorites was um, one I did probably six, seven years ago mm -hmm. where I paved um, 160,000 tons of asphalt. Wow. And it was a two-year job. And it was north of Greeley from like Alt to, it was the Wyoming border. It was 30 miles. We did 20 miles of paving. So we box extensions, mm -hmm. um, full depth reclamation, those type of things. But the superintendent and the team that I had was one of the best teams I could have ever had. And when you get those type of jobs, they're really, really fun to do because you don't mind going to work. Yeah, you're going to have problems. You're going to have issues but you know you're gonna overcome them and you're gonna, and you're gonna work as a team to do it. So you mentioned at the beginning, you just started a new role as a consultant. Right. How did you get into that and what prompted that change after kind of being more boots on the ground for so long? So um, with a consultant, um, Roxall, that I'm going with, they're one of the consultants in the state that we use. The state of Colorado. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And with the Colorado Department of Transportation. So we use them a lot in what they're, they're part of our staff at CDOT. And so I knew the people and stuff. So basically my role is shifting from a project manager at CDOT to I will do construction management for Roxall. So I'm going to go out in the field and do probably pretty much what I'm doing now without the same authority. A little bit more of an advisory position. Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to that level stepping back a little bit from always having to make all the decisions to mm -hmm. going, yeah, okay, you've got a problem. Here's my advice. You know, you're not signing your name on it. It's less risk. Yes. How many years were you a project manager for? 16. And during that time, did you try to hire a lot of female laborers and get more women into the industry or you just hired the work, the workers that you could find? Um, typically we hired the workers that we could find. Yeah. But it always seems like my summer help would end up being females. Okay. And so it wasn't always me choosing them. It would be the bosses like, here's a summer temporary, here's a female. Mm -hmm. So um, I had many jobs where um, my assistant would be female, um, my intern or my summer temporary would be an in a female, and then I'd have a male tester. Yeah. And so there was always a component of it. I've had female testers and then um, they get pregnant. And so then that adds in a whole nother layer of things to deal with. And we dealt with it really well. We figured it out. Um, How does that work, being pregnant on the job site? It can prove challenging because um, at that time they're testers, so they're working with nuclear equipment. They're carrying a lot of weight and that mm -hmm. type of stuff. And so you do have to make some accommodations for that. No longer can they carry that nuclear equipment and stuff, mm -hmm. but they can still do the paperwork that's required. And so the jobs just shift a little bit. We have to bring in extra help. It works out pretty good. I had it on two different jobs and you do just- Do you think the industry is doing a good job in adapting to those changes in the workforce and making the accommodations for women to feel more included during their pregnancy in the work, in the you know, job sites? I think we did. And I th I've seen it more and more where, you know, the younger generation is coming in and so now they're reaching time to have families. And so I think there are more accommodations coming. Yeah. And they're accepting it more and more. 
What was one of the best things that you learned from having a female superintendent? More organization on her part. Um, and so that was, that was good. She was easier to communicate with sometimes. <laughs> um, you, you mean, know, you just, are the men on the job site hard to communicate with? <laughs> you know, sometimes the men don't want to listen to you. Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> and so um, having a female superintendent, she was willing to listen. Yeah. Um, and so that was, that was nice. You, you had that camaraderie. You had that friendship that um, all females seem to, to make real easy. Yeah. And so that was, that was a nice change. Do you think having more women in, in positions of power is changing how the industry operates as far as project organization, for example? I think it's a great combination to have women and men in those positions. Mm -hmm. um, they complement each other, where women, I think, are more organized. Um, they can multitask a little easier than guys. Um, guys will go out and they just get the job done, you know. Um, but the females can see all the pieces that need mm -hmm. to be done. So they're thinking ahead. They're, you know, pulling all that paperwork together that they don't want to deal, the guys don't want to deal with. So it, it, I think it's great having men and women work together. Without getting you in any hot water, <laughs> did you have a least favorite project? Yeah, there were, there were some that were more challenging than others. I can think of a couple. Anytime you have a challenging project, it's going to teach you. It's going to teach you the specs. It's going to teach you better management, um, better writing skills. So it's a growth opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had a couple through my career. And the first one that I had was probably 2007, so quite a while ago. Mm -hmm. And coming off of that one, the next contractor I got was great, but I was treating them like they were a bad contractor. So it, it even taught me going into the next project that every project you need to start with a clean slate. Mm -hmm. It's a different crew. It's a different company, potentially, not always, but you got you to gotta balance it. Yeah. You know, you don't have to come at them with the same intensity that you did the, the bad one. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. They, they all were learning experiences. So let's talk about Women of Asphalt. Okay. You're the president. I am. What is Women of Asphalt? So Women of Asphalt is actually a national organization that is out there to support women in the asphalt industry. Um, Colorado uh, started its branch in 2019. Um, we have over 200 members in our, in our branch now. Mm -hmm. We have, I think, 13 people that sit on our board, our committee, and um, four executive board members. Um, we have monthly mixers of some sort or activities. We have a training academy that happens three, four times a year, every quarter. What's the mission? The mission is to lead and inspire women in the asphalt industry. So um, give them the support and the, the and ways to learn um, about the industry and grow in the industry. Was there anything like this around when you were coming up in the industry? No, absolutely not. And so um, when I first, I was kind of one of those voluntold, you're going to be president mm -hmm. type things. <laughs> I went, what? What is this? Um, I was like, why do we even need an organization to support women? 
I didn't have that. I just put my head down and got the job done. But since being the, the president and having the organization, I've seen women come out of their shells where they lack that confidence. Mm -hmm. And they come to one of our mixers, you know, driving a roller or we bottled our own wine and people are scared to do step out of their comfort zone. And, and it's a safe place to encourage you to do that. And once they do, it's amazing to see how much it, they get confidence in themselves and they're excited. And it's just, it's fun to see that. And so then that continues to inspire me to grow our branch and continue to support the women out there. So you're on board now with being I am, president. I'm a, yeah, I'm 100% on board. What are some of the roles that you're doing as president? What are your personal goals in the, this chapter of the Women of Asphalt? It's to, again, I guess, create confidence mm -hmm. in the ladies and to give them the knowledge that they can do this job. It doesn't matter what level or where they're at, but they can do it and they have a support system to do it. Show them that there is a network of ladies out there that are awesome. If you could give one piece of advice to females getting out of college, getting out of high school that want to in enter into the industry, what would your advice be about kind of breaking through? Hang in there, um, hang tough. Like I said, it took me five years to gain that respect, but I never wavered in what I wanted to do. Know what you want to do, act confident. Like I said, you can be quaking in your shoes, but be confident in knowing that you can accomplish it. Um, ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. People are always out there willing to teach you and show you the way. And it's okay to ask those questions. I think my last question would be, since obviously you're talking to a signer, <laughs> and it doesn't have to be a signer related, but do you think that technology is changing the industry? I think technology is making tasks easier. So paving hasn't changed in 50, yeah. 40 years, <laughs> you know, that I've been. You still have a paver, asphalt still delivered to the paver. The way the machine operates and the technology that we have to lay the asphalt down mm -hmm. um, has improved. So the electronics on the paver, you know, yeah. before it was a ski that was drug on the ground, now it's lasers. You know, before it was a, a level on the back of the paver and you watched the bubble. So you were, you were close <laughs> to grade. Now you can dial that grade in, you know? So I, I think it's that type of things that are changing in the industry. We've got GPS on equipment where before we had to hand survey everything. Now it's GPS surveying, GPS on equipment, the design models come out, they're put into the machines. So that type of stuff is changing, but the industry hasn't changed. Yeah. The equipment hasn't changed. It's how the data is processed has changed. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to add to the listeners? Any advice you want to give, stories you want to tell that I didn't ask you about? Um, you know, every day is an experience in construction and out. There are no two days that are ever going to be the same. But if you have the mindset 
that whatever challenge you come to, whether it be in life or in work, that you can overcome that mm-hmm. that issue. Um, are there going to be tough times? Absolutely. Um, but have a good group of people around you and trust them and you can get through anything. Well, thank you for coming from all of us at Assigner and all of the women in the industry. You're making headway and you're doing great things and everybody is lucky to have you to look up to and follow in your footsteps. So thank you for talking to us. I know you're extremely busy, so. Well, thank you for having me today. I appreciate you guys asking me to be here and and I enjoy sharing my knowledge and supporting the ladies because that's what I want to do. It's important. Yep. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Dirty Boots Show. Join us next time as we sit down with former linebacker for the Denver Broncos, Carl Mecklenburg. To keep up with the latest podcast updates and highlights, follow Assignar on social media.